if your skill set is good enough where you have your own kit, you know what you're doing, you do really good work, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in the top third of what everyone else is charging. This is a very important key because I think people are like, oh, well, I haven't worked with Beyonce yet. Girl, it is not about that. You do not have to have Beyonce as your client for you to be charging a premium rate to work with you. It's about the skill set and it's about knowing exactly how you are delivering things and showing up. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 178 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. How does one build a business as a makeup artist? Today's guest, Delina Midhin, is a celebrity makeup artist whose client list ranges from red carpet stars like Issa Rae to politicians like Vice President Kamala Harris. If you can believe it, growing up, Delina wasn't allowed to wear makeup, but she has certainly paid her dues and worked her way up from the MAC Cosmetics store in the mall to now partnering with brands like Chanel and Bobbi Brown. In this episode, Delina lays out a blueprint that aspiring makeup artists can use to build a successful business of their own. From putting together your kit to finding clients, setting prices, and everything in between, she lays out a great path for us to follow. Before we hear the rest of Delina's story, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to audio podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Delina's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with celebrity makeup artist Delina Medhin. Delina Medhin, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So for anyone who hasn't come across you or hasn't seen you before, could you share who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm a makeup artist and an influencer. I started my career in North Carolina as a bridal artist, and then I moved to New York. I've done a little bit of everything. I've done some fashion. I've done commercial. I've done celebrity, TV and film. So I'm a pretty well-rounded makeup artist. I've had all of those different experiences. And most recently, I am focused on creating um, beautiful content for everyday women. And you have a podcast of your own, so you're busy. I do have a podcast of my own. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So my podcast is called It Takes a Village and um, I'm very excited about it. It's uh, the part of me that is just interested in business. I think similar to you in terms of how you're going into She's Off Script. I love how you talk to people about their business and what they're doing and how they navigate their career. Um mm-hmm. I am excited to talk to artists and uh, really dispel the myth that artists are not entrepreneurs. That's the focus of It Takes a Village. So I'm really excited about that. And that is the focus of our conversation today. We're talking about your career, your journey as a makeup artist. And it's very interesting because I thought I heard that you weren't allowed to wear makeup until you were in high school. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I could not wear makeup. I wasn't allowed to. My mom was very, very strict growing up. She was like, I mean, we couldn't even wear nail polish. She was like, you can wear clear nail polish when you're like in 12th grade. Like, I'm not interested. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, what? what is this? But it was like, I, I think that that's where my obsession came from. Because, you know, like the forbidden fruit, you have this mm-hmm. idea where you're like, ooh, I want to discover that. I want to play with that. I want to explore what that is. And, and I just remember being so lost, you know, and not knowing what to do. And I wanted to not feel lost anymore in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think about it in terms of like every, every person I feel has a strength. They're either, they're really good at one thing. They're kind of good at another thing and they're not so good at the other thing. And the three things that I'm thinking of are like your makeup, your hair and your style. I feel like there's one you can do yourself. There's one that like, mm, like, you know what I mean? You can finesse it and make it look like you're, you're really good at it. And then there's one that like, you know what I mean? There's one that you absolutely need help. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So um, for me, the thing I know is makeup. The thing that I'm okay at is hair. And then the thing that like, I need a lot of help with is style. (laughs) (laughs) I close. (laughs) But really in this day and age, you can fake a lot of that because there's so many of these videos and tutorials out there. (laughs) And I definitely want to talk about your online presence, but how did you get onto the path to being a makeup artist? I think you mentioned you started out in bridal. Yeah. So I, you know, to, to be a makeup artist, I think the thing that always drew me to becoming a makeup artist is making people feel really good. I always have been connected to that. And I feel like even as I pivot into different things, like learning how to help people feel really good, even in making videos that go online, it's, it's kind of this similar thread, but specifically when it came to makeup, I was interested in learning how everything played together. I would look at people and I'd be like, why does this person at the cashier at the grocery store look so different than the ad that I'm seeing? you know, the like Revlon Adam seeing of Halle Berry. And I was like, what does she know? And at the time I thought Halle Berry was doing her own makeup, but now I know that's not the case. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, if only these celebrities, I'm sure they, you could, t- you could talk to us about the glam squads that celebrities have because you've been doing the same, but you mentioned that it's very interesting that you found your path or your way into different roles as a makeup artist. How did you start off in that first role as a makeup artist? Um, okay. So I was interested in makeup and there was this ad on, I I went to NC state university and there was an ad, like we had a similar to Craigslist, you remember Craigslist Mm -hmm. back in the day. I know it still exists, but Craigslist type of thing, right. That was on the NC state website. And a friend of mine was like, Oh, I know you're interested in makeup. There is this job opportunity at Mac. So a girl who had been an alumni of NC State started working as a manager at Mac and she had like said, Oh, there's this position available. So I went to interview, like I wore these heels. First of all, I can't even really walk in heels going back to the style thing, but I couldn't really walk in, in heels. And I was like, at that time, that was when the girls at Mac were wearing like the, you know, the four inch heels and the like, you know, they were running around like those girls were fly. So I was like, okay, I know that I got to come in here with my all black and I got to look really put together. So I did all that and I, got the job, but I got the job because of my personality. I did not get the job because of my skills. So I would have to come in early and my manager would do my makeup and I would just like walk around and I'd be like, yeah, I can get you guys some stuff. Like I'd like pull the drawers open. And so my first job wasn't even from the caliber of like actually being able to do makeup, but because she gave me that opportunity when that holiday season was over, when that freelance holiday season was over, I wanted to stay, but they didn't need my help. But I was like, the only way I can say is if I get good at this, you know, because they, they don't need anybody to pull product, not during holiday, like only during holiday because it's busy. So I tell, um, you know, I start to, I, I tell some of the people that have been working there and I'm like, uh, I really want to learn from you. So I would come on my days off. I would watch those artists work with clients at the store. Um, one of my really amazing friends at the time was exploring, um, doing drag makeup and performing in drag. So I used to go to the clubs, um, with him and Mm -hmm. we used to like play and like, I just, I, I got so into the art of it and that was my first like love affair. And I finally got hired as a Mac 15 hour artist. And that was like my first like job job. (laughs) And this is while you were in college, right? This is while I was in college. Yeah. And then when college ended, it was, you know, the, I finished school in, uh, in chemistry and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go work at the mall. My parents were so gutted. They were like, I cannot even believe you <laughs> that you're going to go work at the mall. Like after we made sure you were good in school and all of that. Mm. So I leave, I go, I start working at the mall and then I'm like, okay, I wasn't making enough money because I was only a 15 hour artist. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to go get a job, like a professional uh, job because I also wanted to start taking on bridal clients. So these bridal clients were like, you know, I could see them do their trials during the week. And then on the weekend I could do their weddings. And I was like, the only way I'll be able to do that is if I have a, have a nine to five. So yeah. I knew that was like, the thing. And so almost immediately, I want to say like, I worked at Longcomb for a little bit as well. And a couple other places, like, you know, just kind of in that mall area, but mm-hmm. almost immediately I started thinking about things as a business. 
like within two years of starting to do makeup, I was like, okay, how can I make this, you know, a business? So that's how bridal bridal started that way. <laughs> Got it. So you were able to balance both your nine to five and clients if you were in that field. So I know this varies from state to state, but at least where you were, did you need any formal education or certifications in order to start taking on those clients outside of Mac? In North Carolina, no, we didn't need any um, certifications. Um, I think some states actually do require that. New York does not, also does not. And most people that I know that are makeup artists do not have a license to be a makeup artist. They might have taken certifications and I have taken classes with other artists, but hairstylists do. Hairstylists need a cosmetology license because like typically they're cutting, they're doing color. So they're playing in chemicals and all of these other things in terms of makeup. I think because it's an application process on top of anything, but it's not really a permanent change. Uh, there's no real like certification that, that you need, which was actually really great to be honest, because I was, I like, I like learning, but I don't love the structure of school if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it didn't suit my learning style. Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's the best way to learn. I hire coaches all the time and I work with different people all of the time. But I find that the courses that people sell where it's like one to many, those don't work for me. I have to pay the higher premium and have that one on one experience. Mm -hmm. I have to. Yeah, mm -hmm. because then what I can do is I can go at my own pace. And for me, that's so essential. So mm -hmm. you got to know yourself. You need to know how you learn what your learning style is. Otherwise you just make, you just waste money or you don't progress as fast as you should. Absolutely. I know you've since been able to move on from bridal in order to work on television and do work on the red carpet, things of that nature for someone who doesn't necessarily have the connections or an in like you had, or maybe you could tell us that story as well. How would you break into that side of doing makeup? Yeah. So I think it's really important to, um, to have a coach and to have somebody who can guide you. So for me, that mm -hmm. person was Crystal Wright. She was uh, an agent for 20 years. She had her own agency and then she stopped that part of her life and she began teaching artists how to be their own agent. And so with that, Could you explain what an agent is in this context. So as a makeup artist, you can have representation similar to how um, a celebrity would have representation, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who okay. somebody would represent you when it comes to your deals. And let's say I wanted to close a deal with, I have a contract with Bobby Brown. Let's say I wanted to close a deal with Bobby Brown. I could represent myself, mm -hmm. which is possible, or I could work with an agent or a manager and what they would do is they would have the conversation with Bobby Brown and then they would bring back to me what that rate would be so I can look at it as well. And then if I agree or disagree, uh, we move forward based on that. So if I disagree, obviously, it you know, it ends. And then if I agree, then we go forward. We talk about terms. We agree on those types of things. And then we go ahead and make that agreement. So for whatever amount of time period that I, I'm working with them, whether it's one piece of um, one deliverable or maybe it's multiple deliverables, it just depends on what it, uh, on what it is that you're doing. So that's what it, how it works as an influencer. I'm, I'm sharing that because I think a lot of makeup artists now are influencers. And so I, I want to share that piece, but I'll also share how it works with a client. So let's say I'm working with, um, Issa Rae. So Issa has a publicist that would reach out to my agent and, and would say, Hey, is Delina available any of these days? And so then I would say, yes, I'm available all of the days, right? Let's say I'm available all the days, or maybe I'm available some of the days I would share what those days were. And then we would align on a rate and then they would lock that in. And then your agent, what your agent does is really keep you organized. So let's say I need to travel to LA, right? Cause I live in New York. So if I need to travel to LA, she would organize the travel. She would make sure that all of that was together. And then I, and then she would also organize the invoicing and the payment afterward. So all of that is done through your agent. So if you don't mind, I want to circle back to the influencer side of things, because I don't know that a lot of makeup artists realize that they can use this as a part of what they offer as businesses. So when you mentioned that you have a contract with Bobby Brown, what are you doing with them? Okay. So it can range in terms of what your personal capabilities are. So, um, in terms of strengths, 
I am really good on live. So I have done a few lives with Bobby Brown where I've spoken to the product. So you can Google those, right? Like you could see exactly what I'm talking about, where it's like it's in the 16 by 9 format. And I talk about, uh, you know, what type of products you need. And I'm talking to the everyday woman. I'm talking to the everyday mm-hmm. consumer. The other thing is I create specific content that goes onto my page. So different things like reels or posts or stories that are educational. Another thing that I want the listener to know right now is that being a makeup artist and understanding exactly how to work with all of these skin tones, this is the time right now for expert influencers to really do well. This is a time that people are really looking for real answers. And I think that we have um, an interest. We're always going to have an interest in influencers as entertainers because everyone wants to be entertained. At the same time, I think what's happening is, is that we're looking for people to be um, to guide us. And we want to know that they have the answers and they understand the nuances of different things. So in terms of my career where I've worked in TV and film, I've worked in commercial, I've worked in all of these different lighting settings. I'm able to share different nuanced things when it comes to your makeup. Like for example, on Zoom, I was actually going to put this in stories later today, but on Zoom, I know that you need to make sure that your skin is a little bit more matte because you know, the way the lighting is for Zoom, it's not necessarily like an HD camera where you can look like natural skin. Going more matte on Zoom is actually more beneficial, right? And during COVID, a lot of my clients were going on Zoom, right? And they were on Zoom on the Today Show or on Zoom for, you know, these big platforms. And so they needed to look a little bit different than they would if they went to, you know, hang out with like Jimmy Fallon, right? In person. So all of these things are really, really important and it varies depending on where you're at. But when it comes to influencer opportunities, I really think that I'm actually really happy we're talking about this because I really think that every makeup artist should figure out who they are as a brand and it will take time, but it is important because clients now have an expectation that they'll understand who you are before they meet you. So they're looking at your content and they don't just want to see what your work looks like. They want to know what your personality looks like. They want to be able to understand a little bit of, are you going to vibe with my existing crew? Are you going to, are you going to vibe with me? Right? So the best thing that you can do, especially as somebody who works with clients regularly is Make sure that you're not creating a representative of yourself when you create this character online, right? Make sure that it's the authentic version of you. So that way, when they meet you, right, if you're super bubbly online, they're expecting that same type of energy in person. Absolutely. And I appreciate you breaking that down because it's something that people don't realize is that their online footprint really is their resume and really needs to speak to their level of of expertise and then also is going to really lead the right kind of client to them. So we'll certainly break down how you're going about marketing yourself in a little bit. But before that, let's just break it down to the beginning for anyone who's now getting started in their makeup journey. What does it cost to get started as a makeup artist? You know, how much does it cost to build your kit? And what are the essentials that you should have in your kit, knowing that you are likely to work with a diverse audience? Yeah, I think that's a really wonderful question because it can totally vary. What I think that people get really caught up in is going for all of these like designer foundations and designer products when you first get in because you want to look a certain way. But the reality is, is that you have to start with where, where you know that you can do the work. You can do the foundation that's presented to you, right? So you need to have three different types of undertones. You need to have olive, you need to have golden, and you need to have like a red uh, undertone foundation. So that way you can cover everybody. The best thing that I can tell you is that go to the makeup show. There's a there's a show called The Makeup Show. It's um it's a traveling show so it's in different places. It's in New York, it's in LA. I think they still do Toronto and I think they might have like a Dallas or a Houston one as well. It is an incredible show that has a lot of free education and you get a chance to start meeting artists because artists come from everywhere and just networking across with people is 
one of the best things that you can do. But at the same time, you can meet people like I remember meeting Danessa Myricks like 12 years ago. Right. And Danessa Myricks is now in Sephora. And I have a wonderful relationship with her because I remember seeing her and being like, I'm a corporate girl. I'm quitting my job. And she was a corporate girl and she quit her job and she started Mm -hmm. her own business. And I felt so connected to that story. So in terms of like, I mean, if you're talking about a celebrity makeup kit, it can be like $10,000. If you're talking about like my kit is, is easily probably that amount of money. And then you're talking about over time, right? Not a mass over over time. time. Totally. Mm -hmm. And as you, and, and also another reason why you should consider doing influencer content is because it is a way for you to get free product. Right. If you talk about product, you you get free product. That's free game right Mm -hmm. there. Like you you just creating that connection and being somebody who's advertising, you're starting to create this connection where people can say, oh, she's an expert. Right. She's sharing these types of things and you share at your level. I'm not saying pretend to be the expert. You're not. If you're still exploring, explore openly. Hey, guys, Mm -hmm. I'm trying this new foundation. I'm thinking about putting it in my kit. I've heard a lot of hype about it. Let me put it on my face. The honesty that you build, like my my audience knows that they're not going to get me to say, like, I'll try things on. And at the same time, I'll say, hey, this is my first time. If you see me using this multiple times, you know, I love it. If you never see me using again, assume that I don't like it because I don't make like, oh, I don't like this type of content. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't like this product type of content because that's just not my that's not something that makes me feel very high vibration. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like my best self when I'm making and then you have to edit it and then you have to sit in it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. So for me personally, I just don't even do that. Um. I'm not saying that that isn't a career that you can make. If that feels like something that resonates with you, that's totally fine. But for me, that's that's really, really important. And But you can make a kit, I would say, probably on the lowest end, I'd probably say you're, you're to be fully stocked. I mean, I would say somewhere between like, uh, I'd say like $1,000, including brushes. But that's low. So that's, that's low. brushes, that's foundations, that's br- but foundations with like correctors in them, palettes, all that. Okay. That's like saying I'm going to do foundations, but I'm only doing cream foundations, which is actually a really great way to go in the very beginning because liquids are really heavy. They, they, um, cost a lot of money and creams don't ever really dry down. So they're great because you can keep playing with them. Sometimes you can use it for a concealer if you want to use it for a concealer. So there's so many different ways to play it, but this is like foundation powders, um, I would say if you if you're trying to keep it really really like I'm trying to save money, loose powders only because I feel like mm-hmm. loose powders you can you can mix them, right? Like you could mix like a lighter loose with a darker loose and make a new mid-tone loose, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. This is brows, this is um lashes, you know, cuz you can buy lashes in bulk on Amazon. This mm-hmm. is um lipsticks, right? So there's so many little tricks even save your empty mat containers, six empty mat containers you can get a you can get a lipstick or you can get it. That's an, right. Yeah. That's so right. so yeah. save them. You know what I mean? Save them so you can send them to the store. Um, or you can go to the store and you can get free stuff. So there's so many different ways to do it. But I personally believe that, and that's why I created a Takes a Village podcast, is like I believe there's so much to be said about branding. And I really mm-hmm. want people to understand how to really take that on and not be intimidated by it, but instead use it as a way to be more expansive. Like we don't have to hide. If you don't want to hide yourself, um, there is a space for you too, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about branding. How are you branding yourself so you're able to attract the right kind of clients consistently? Because that's what you talk about on It Takes a Village. How do you not become that starving artist? And in order to do that, you need a consistent wave of clients coming in. So how are you marketing yourself as a makeup artist and how has that changed over time? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when I first started on Instagram, I was kind of like, I'm going to use Instagram as an example because that's probably the one that I feel that I'm most connected to. I would take this information and think about it in terms of Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, every single different platform. Mm -hmm. And every single person based on their personality is going to be a really good fit for some, but maybe not so good of a fit for others. And you have Mm -hmm. to figure out 
like Snapchat's going to be a lower demographic of like a younger age, right? Mm -hmm. And you have like TikTok, which is kind of like, it's still teens, but it includes like some people in their 20s and 30s. It's kind of for everybody, but it, mm -hmm. it seems to be like entertainment is what really speaks to people on TikTok, entertainment mm -hmm. and education on TikTok. Then you have Instagram, which is about like, it's really about curation. Think about Instagram as like your magazine. You want people mm -hmm. to experience you in like a magazine format and to really understand you and like your flow and who you are as a person. But there also needs to be a value add there. Like people don't yeah. just follow things that are pretty. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that time period has really passed. That was like the very it's beginning. Mm -hmm. It's gone, girl. Nobody wants that anymore. We're just like, no. so why am I following you? What is this about? So, so um, quick to unfollow. So you really need oh, to be so thoughtful quick. about what you're posting out there. Yeah, I would say Instagram, especially like you want to make sure I know people are like, oh, you know, you are the niche. But I think on Instagram, you really have to figure out what your focus is, because I think that people are looking to you for a specific expertise. So mm -hmm. narrow it down to something that you're interested in and you want to talk about and you feel like you're constantly thinking of ideas, ideas with it. Um, and then you have YouTube, which is the longer form content, which I absolutely love. I think YouTube is a great way to build relationship with people and people get on there, they turn on the video, they walk around their house, they clean their house, they go do other things. It's almost like, right, we're, you know, this podcast is on YouTube right now. People are mm -hmm. watching, you know, they, they have an opportunity to experience this on YouTube and they get a chance to see our facial expressions. They get a chance right. to like dive into this feeling and really be here with us, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I would say when it comes to branding, the reason why I explained all of those is, is you really have to think about how can you, how can you make one piece fit for all of these different places? Mm. Obviously there's different, there's different demographics, right? So maybe it's in the editing, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe when you're creating something, you think about, okay, how do I make it short for, how do I make something that I can cut that's short for TikTok, but it's still long enough and juicy enough mm -hmm. and relationshipy enough to be on YouTube. So it's really about, it's a science, you know, in terms of learning how to brand yourself, especially on social media. But in addition to that, you really want to think about what does your website look like? I remember like four years ago, I was working on a film with, um, Issa Rae. I was her personal for the photograph and while I was working on that film, I literally was working on my website. When I tell you I had my headphones on in the trailer, I was like type, like there was one time like where I was at like a restaurant and she walked in and I was just like, cause I was so focused on what I needed to do. If there's anything that I think is like probably the most important thing you'll do is create your website, create a home for people to go to so that they can really start to understand you. And this home shouldn't just have your work on it. So it's, it's for people to really understand who you are and for them to connect mm -hmm. with you deeply. And an email list, oh, that that's that's really important. Figure out what you're doing because yeah, you can talk about products all day, but the reality is, is like, are you creating that connection between the product and they hear about it from you. Are they going to Sephora or are they buying it online and just ordering it directly to their house? And you're getting something from that too. So really think about how we can also be, you're a brand, but you're also a business in so many different ways. And um, I think it's the future of where things are going for makeup artists and for everyone in glam, to be honest. Like if you think about like um, Law Roach, you know, he's one of the top stylists in the industry right now. He works with Zendaya. He works with ev like, you know, recently he just did something with Lindsay Lohan and everybody was like, oh my God, Lindsay looks amazing. They were like her Law Roach era. Like that was the, that was like the, the title of the articles that were written because it's, there's something about right now. And he at the same time is on television shows and he has his own brand and he shows up and he, so there, there's him as an entity and who he is. And then there's his work. So everyone does not have to go this direction. I know that obviously I'm very much like very excited about this. And a lot of the reason why I'm excited about it is because I realized very early on that there is a lot of money to be made in entertainment. There's a lot of money that's always constantly circulating, but it's always moving. And mm -hmm. back in the day, a lot of makeup artists used to make a lot of money, like loads of money, like teacher salaries in one day type of money. So like, mm -hmm. yeah. So like 
what's happened is it's changed because advertising has changed, right? We're not just looking to Madonna as what she's wearing. We want to know what you're wearing as Madonna's makeup artist, Mm -hmm. right? So the money has moved. So we have money that has traditionally just gone just to one person or just to one campaign, like Madonna in the Pepsi commercial or something. I I don't know if she's ever done that, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like one commercial with one brand versus now it's being separated out. You can even see this in music, right? Like musicians now have product placements in their videos. That's on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. They have, you know, you have... um, I love the business of of this, by the way. I like I like no, dive. I was so geek out. Me. Yeah? yeah, I geek out with this because it's it's just it's so interesting to me. Like even um, was it Saweetie that did like um something with a Burger King or McDonald's, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She had she had like a meal that she created. Like you got mm-hmm. like there are so many different opportunities, and I think that what we do is we disqualify ourselves because we go, Oh, you know, I'm not sure because nobody's following me. You do not have to have a million followers to be closing like a hundred thousand dollar deals. You just don't. So what I think I'm hearing is if you are an individual, you're representing yourself as your own agent, you just need to put yourself out there. Is this like a build it and they will come situation or are you out there prospecting, looking for the everyday woman or like the project-based client? Yeah, so it is a build it and they will come because the thing is, is this, right? Like think about yourself as a store. If you go into a store, you don't want to go into the store when they're setting up. You want to go into the store when it's when everything is already on the rack. So you can come in, you can look at the things you want to do. This is why I say be, be incredibly authentic with who you are. My mm-hmm. style has changed a lot. I used to love a lot of color and now I'm very like, I'm very pulled back, but that's because that's who I am, right? Mm -hmm. That's who I'm transforming to be. So it makes a lot of sense that I would have a client like Chanel. I would have a client like Bobby Brown. There's connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, if you love bold and loud colors, there is a space for you too. There are companies Mm -hmm. like House Labs. There, You know what I mean? Like there are companies that, you know, House Labs being um, Lady Gaga's company. There's there's so many opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. You have to be authentic authentically yourself. So it doesn't, so social media doesn't turn into a job for you. It turns into a way to express yourself and to share who you actually are, but it is a build it. And then they come make sure that everything's together. You have your website together. You have your, your social platforms have a vibe to them, right? Going back to that Instagram is like your magazine. Mm -hmm. You have all these things together. And then now they're coming to you, but you can also pitch them. Hey, you know what? I think I would be really good with Chanel. I'm going to talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. So you slide in their DMs, you ask for the person to speak with, and then you start making those connections. And I think that like, sometimes it doesn't make sense yet. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's down the road. Sometimes it it, maybe, maybe it won't make sense. Who knows? But always be building your funnel. Always. There is, and if you get a manager, I used to have with my manager, um, I just started representing myself again, but I used to have with my manager, um, weekly calls. And, um, were you ever in sales? Did you ever work in sales? No, I haven't. Okay. So when it comes to sales, there's a weekly commit call. And I think you really have to start thinking about what is your business. And I'm going to go back to traditional really quick, because I think that, you know, I really want for makeup artists to understand how important it is to create a list of people you want to work with and to have intentional conversations with them. So let's mm. say you're new to the business. Like you said, you said you don't have any connections. You don't know anybody. I think getting a business coach is really important, like a crystal, right? I think also she's an incredible resource. You should totally reach out to her if you're a makeup artist listening to this. Secondly, I would say um, you want to make sure that you start making like a list of people that you want to assist. And I don't want you to send out a generic email. I think there's a lot of that happening now. Like, let me just send out an email. Hey, I'd love to assist you. No, you need to be specific. Why do you want to assist that person? What is it about their work? And what can you offer them? A lot of people who have assisted me, right? Like your your life as an artist changes so much week to week, month to month, year to year. And some of the clients that you have you may not be able to capacity wise handle them. People who assist me, I send them messages about jobs all the time. I introduce them to people all the time. Mm -hmm. Assisting people is an incredible way 
to start growing. And you'll know if you're with somebody who is generous and you'll know if you're with somebody who is not. So make sure that you don't just stay with one person, right? Mm -hmm. Like try a bunch of different people out, see exactly what it, you know, see exactly what the best situation is for you. You want to be with somebody who can definitely pour into you. My clients, my, um, my assistants have learned how to negotiate deals. I talk to them about business when we sit down together in idle time. I know I'm different, but I think that there's a range of things you can learn from people. It might be more artistry from one artist, right? It might be, you know, it might be, there's so many different things that you can learn, but at the same time, bring your A game, right? When they're doing, when they're doing makeup on a client, that's not the time to ask them questions. It's not a teach and learn session, right? Like you want to sit, you want to be there. You want to make sure you come in your all black. You want to make sure that your hair is like your hair is out of your way. You don't want to be wearing anything revealing, right? Because you don't know which client that you're going to. And you are not the star. It does not matter what the makeup artist is doing on that set. Your job is to be there for them and to be as efficient as possible. Wear sneakers, Wear something comfortable this so that way Mac. you can, this is not Mag. Yeah, I know, right? I stopped wearing heels a long time ago at work. So yes, wear sneakers, make sure that you're comfortable, you know, and, um, and if you're not sure on what to wear, ask them, you know, get mm-hmm. clarification, understand like how to show up and try to anticipate it. Try to start thinking like a makeup artist. Ooh, what is it that they might need right now? You know what? My favorite assistants are the ones that are like, they're already holding a Q-tip without me asking. Because they know I need a Q-tip because they're an artist too, right? Mm -hmm. So use that time to be engaged. Use that time to really think, oh, okay, how can I anticipate this person's needs and what they might need? And and find a way to be really useful, um, but also be with somebody that validates your existence and doesn't treat you like the help. Because I think mm-hmm. that it's always been incredibly important to me that my assistants feel valuable. They, right. it, for me personally, I know this is different for everybody, but I don't have an issue with my assistants talking to people on set. I don't, I don't mind. You're a human being. You can communicate with people. Depending on certain people, some people might be like, "Hey, that's my client. You only talk to me, right?" So figure out the flow. I know. Figure right. out the flow of what it is and how you how you work with people. But I love to be collaborative. I love to talk to people. Sometimes I'll find moments in between to teach if I can. Um, mm-hmm. But the goal is to find someone who will water your seed and who will make you sprout and make you become, you know, this flower that you're meant to be, especially if that's mm-hmm. what you want. Also, there's nothing wrong with being an assistant for life. There are people who decide this is what I want to do. I want to be part of this bigger vision. I was on Pat McGrath's team and she has assistants who've been with her for 20 years, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And th- and they are incredible artists, incredible artists. And they, yeah, they do being fantastic work. assistant is like being a queen on your own. Like, yes, it, exactly. Honestly, it's prestigious. Yeah. Right. So if so so figure out what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Figure out what you want, what your personality is. I'm sharing all of these different experiences because I've been blessed to experience all these different types of things. Mm-hmm. And I've really enjoyed the fact that I've been able to dive into all these different mediums and work with all these different types of people, knowing that I could work on a film, right? A high level film that's going all across the world and then work on a high, you know, a high level fashion team. It's like what I can tell you is is that try many things so you can figure out what is for you and then Mm -hmm. where your heart feels settled stay there for a bit you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. rock with that for a bit and if you ever start to feel resentment it's because you've been there too long so just move on oh good advice in any role honestly don't wait until you start to feel resentment before you move on um earlier you mentioned that the money in this field has moved Could you share maybe how your rate has evolved over time and perhaps ballpark, if you're not comfortable sharing exactly, how much should I be asking for, for different types of jobs? The reason why I said that it changed is because the advertising dollar is what drives all of us to work, right? It's paying for everything. Even if we're talking about stylists, we're talking about like, okay, um, uh, they're putting on a dress on a client, right? There is somewhat of a kickback for that because that is an advertisement, Mm -hmm. right? So like there are, there are ways as a makeup artist, if you're doing red carpet where you can get money for, okay, I used 
insert whatever brand and you can make money from that red carpet because it's all advertising. So when I say the money has moved, the advertising dollars have switched around, right? Like they're, 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 they're the kind of like, it's still advertising, but it's spread out. Um, in terms of rate, I think this is a very good question, but it depends on where you live. And so if it, like if you're in North Carolina, you're going to be charging a very different rate than you do in New York. If you're in L.A., you're going to be charging a very different rate than New York or London or Paris or Milan. Right. Or the middle of Oregon. Right. So mm-hmm. it's all very, very different. The thing that I will tell you that I've always followed is wherever you are. And if my assistants call me and, and, and ask me about how to negotiate a deal, what I say is make sure that you are in alignment with like the, like the top third of what everybody's charging. If you're, if you're, um, if your skill set is good enough where you have your own kit, you know what you're doing, you do really good work. There's no reason why you shouldn't be in the top third of what everyone else is charging. This is a very important key because I think people are like, oh, well, I haven't worked with Beyonce yet. Girl, it is not about that. You do not have to have Beyonce as your client for you to be charging a premium rate to work with you. It's about the skill set and it's about knowing exactly how you are delivering things and showing up. But now remember this, right? Are you treating your clients like Beyonce? I've always treated my clients like that, right? I've always showed up early. I've always, I'm always there on time. I'm always making sure they have everything they need, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they're running out of the door, they're like, oh, I need, oh, here you go. Here's this. Wait, make sure that you do this. I'm teaching them different things, even about posing on the carpet. I'm paying attention. There are things that I know that I'm pouring into constantly. And another X factor too is like, if you're not available, try your absolute best to find someone else to fill your shoes. Everyone I know who works really like works all the time, especially in celebrity is, does not leave their client hanging. They will always figure something out for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because we know so many people. So why not? Right. So how do I figure out what the top third of makeup artists are earning? Where do I Um, find that information? Am I stalking their websites? Where am I looking? You're going to have to have conversations. And I know that that's like a very awkward thing to say. And some Mm -hmm. people might be like, "Uh, no, I don't want to talk about it. But let me tell you something. People DM me all the time. And I will tell you, I'm not going to say my rate on here, but I Mm -hmm. think that, um, it's important because I also think that you have range in terms of where you're sending this to. And so I don't want people to be like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I need to no, wait, hold on. I don't live in New York. They get paid like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. New York is one of the highest paid. I would say LA is probably a very close second. Um, because cost of living is so high. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. But when people, but, but this is the thing though, I connect people all the time. Like I have a really close friend of mine who's agency represented in Miami And a girl who follows me is in Miami and she's a makeup artist. She does incredible work. And she was like, I don't know what I should be charging. I was like, let me hook you up with my girl, Nina. And they talked and she told her how much she charges. She's like, bet, got it. And I think that that's a really important thing that we have to do because to be honest, when new people come into the industry, they are like, oh my gosh, wow, this is wild. Like I I got this opportunity and I get to work with um, Janet Jackson or something, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, they think that they know how much we're charging. Believe me, the person who's already working with her is charging more than what you're thinking. So what you do is to undermine that, you go, oh, let me... Let me just charge her whatever. Let me just charge her what I charge the girl down the street. Okay. And what happens is, is that you put yourself in a financial situation and you also are not thinking about the bigger impact, which is what is the, what is the best thing for the community right now? Mm, That's right. Right. Like think, think Mm -hmm. about, it's not just about your bank account. It's about the community. And I will never forget this. I was in a car assisting um, an artist and he literally looked over and I I will never forget this advice. He was like looking through this magazine. He was looking through Allure and we were on the way to my first assisting job ever. And he was like, I want to make sure that you charge what I charge. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He was like, because we all need to be working less so that we can have a good life. And you really got to think about the impact, the long-term impact. Don't think about the come up. It's a slow burn. It's a process. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's a process, like, and it's gonna take time. Like, you're not gonna have the the maybe the the dream client that you were thinking of is not is not gonna be your first client. But that doesn't mean that that first client can't be treated like a dream client, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn those skills, you learn those soft skills, you learn how to do all of those things, you learn how to navigate. Mm-hmm relationships. You learn how to show up for people. You learn how to work a, work a room, right? You watch the artists that you work with and how they communicate with the creative director or how they communicate with, you know, um, the publicist and you learn how to have these types of conversations. And the reality is, is if you do good business, which I have, and that's one of the main reasons why I'm able to have the podcast I'm having, I'm DMing people like, Hey, do you want to come on? And they're like, yeah, immediately. Yes. Because I've never done anything shady, undercut anyone or taken anything from anyone. Think about your longevity and think about your overall happiness and your personal Zen. You want to put good energy out. You want people to think of you and think highly of you and kindly of you. That's such invaluable advice. I love that you said it's a slow burn because in this age of social media where we do have access and we do see other people's journeys, we think it should happen for us right now. And I like that you've kind of drawn and connected those dots for us because there's a path here. You're going to need to crawl before you can run work and assist other people. So you can also come up with them. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big proponent of being organized. Um, And I think that really shows through when you present yourself outwardly to everyone else. So as a makeup artist, what kind of tools are you using behind the scenes, whether it's to book clients, whether it's to whatever the case may be from, this is like more from a software perspective. Yeah. So it depends on what type of makeup artist you're working to become. So if you want to have, um, clients where you're working with like everyday women and you have like a a specific time slot, I think you can look at something like a calendar, right? Like that can help you. So that way you can start to like book people into that. That has never been my forte. So I'm going to speak about what I know, which is um, making sure that I tap into um, email and connecting via email, right? So I always make sure that I start the... I lead the conversation. Even though they might be inquiring, you always want to ask more questions and figure out more about the deal so that way you can know exactly how to respond to them. Um, Email is probably my number one way. The other thing is I use Asana. I love Asana as a tool to keep me organized. And so you can have in there everyone who might be a prospect. Maybe you have a list of brides that you're working with. So you can say, okay, this is Carol. This is, um, you know, this is, you can name all of these different mm-hmm. people. And then that way, you know, when to follow up because you can have dates there for you because you don't want to run your business um, from email because it can really get very cumbersome. And I'll be honest with you, for the first years of my career, I was not very organized, but I outworked it. Do you know what I'm saying? So I I was like, I was working hard, not smart. So I'm telling you this from experience because now I have a very focused um, schedule and I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. I have a day where is my like creative day. I have a day that's what I consider my executive day where I handle all of the incoming emails. I have a day where I do pitching. I have a day that's mostly meetings. I have another, you know, so I Mm -hmm. am very organized now. And what happens is when you get that level of organization to your business, and it's hard at first because especially when you're a freelance artist, Mm. it's very, it's very hard because when you get a day off, you're like, Oh my God, I have to do everything that I need. Laundry. Okay. Let me make sure the house is clean. Okay. So you start thinking about all of these different things, but lists are super helpful and do the best you can in the beginning. It's really about momentum, but as much organization as you can create, I agree with you. I think that it's, it's incredibly important. It's hard as a freelance artist though, just to be quite honest. Yeah. It's hard. It's a lot easier now as a creator to be, like this about my schedule, but, mm-hmm. um, right. Because as an artist, I'm thinking about like, if somebody would be like, Oh, I need you on Sunday at one o'clock. Right. Then your whole schedule changes. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's in normal. The beginning, in the beginning, I'm sure you do whatever to get your yeah. portfolio built up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, Hey, there's work available. I'm doing it. I gotta go. Right. Like I gotta make this money. So, um, pay, uh, you know what I'll say though? This is a this is kind of a little bit of a segue. It's not necessarily about organization, but make sure that as you're doing these jobs, write down if you how you felt after these jobs. 
start to take like a little bit of like, okay, you did a TV film job. How did I feel? Okay, girl, I was tired. It was 12 hour days. I did not know if I could do that. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to figure it out or it was incredible. I got a chance to try all these different things. And I felt, you know, so whatever it is, start to kind of categorize all these different things that you're trying and how it feels. Mm -hmm. So that way you're able to come back to it and you say, okay, okay, it's been a year. What do I want to cut? And what do I want to keep? Because focus, like focusing where you're putting your energy is going to change your trajectory. I say, I'm saying I did all of these different things, but I didn't do all of these different things at one time. Mm-hmm. I, you, you know what I mean? Because I you tried different how things. it made you feel. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And then when I, and then even if the opportunity presented itself, which I understand that this is, you know, privilege in itself to even say that, but I feel like the decisions you make when you have no money really inform the decisions you make when you have more money. So try mm-hmm. if you're if you're not in a position where, you know, you don't have, you know, you're this is not your last dollar because sometimes it is like that. But when you are in a situation where you do have some money and you'll be okay for turning this job down, turn it down. Wait for the thing that you want because mm-hmm. it what it will do is it'll sow seeds into your heart, it'll give you more energy and you'll be able to perform you always want to come into a place and perform at your highest level. And if you know that you can't, it's not worth it. Don't sacrifice your reputation reputation for money. I like that because it, yeah. will, it will bleed through. If you are really feeling resentful that you had to take this, it will bleed through into your work, into your vibe when you appear there. But I like that you've taken us through the course of your trajectory, where you've been, where are you going next? What is kind of the next level of this career look like and this business look like for you? Yeah, I'm spending a lot of time in in business development. I'm really interested in sharing my journey as an entrepreneur. So I'm really happy to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me here because this is very aligned with my purpose. I feel I'm an accelerator in people's lives. And I know that to do that, I have to you know, communicate, right? And I want to communicate and I want to share more. So I'm going to be uh, creating a lot more videos. I'm putting a lot more videos on the internet. I'm really excited about Mm -hmm. that this year. And I'm going to play. I'm going to play a lot more in that space because I've never up until this point really had the time to do it because I was always like, Ooh, I got to go here at one o'clock. Ooh, I got to go here at three o'clock. And I finally said to myself, look, Delina, if you don't close one chapter, you won't be able to open up another one. And so that's what I'm doing this year. So it's going to be a very expansive year for me. I'm very excited. I haven't felt like this, like since like 10 years ago when I first like quit my corporate job, because it's, it's similar to that in a way, but people don't really teach you how to leave your business for another business. They teach you how to quit mm. your nine to five for a business. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of the ins and outs of that on all of these channels that I, uh, that I spoke about this year, which is going to be so incredible. I'm so excited to play. I'm excited to see, and it's great to see how you have grown, how you have gone from, you know, being in the bridal industry, bridal makeup part-time to now building a fully fledged business to now thinking, what can I build on? Because I myself have become a brand. And I think for those of for those of us that are interested in having that be our path, it's going to be amazing to follow in your footsteps. Thank you for sharing your journey with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And good luck, everybody. You got it. <laughs> for anyone who wants to follow more closely your journey, where can we find you? Uh, so my website, delinamedhin.com, D-E-L-I-N-A, Medhin, M-E-D-H-I-N.com. And you can subscribe to my newsletter there. You also can find me on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Those are the three main places I'm at, but I'm always expanding. I think I might play with LinkedIn this year too. Ooh, okay. Well, I mm-hmm. appreciate you being on here, Delina. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript. Or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode.